This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking The Hunt. Grab your grenades and reload those rifles and stay safe. Sunday is time to go. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hi! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back to other fun movie topics. This is episode 399. 399. Are you out of your mind? I, I know, right? <laughs> what, I can't remember what, what food commercial that was for. It's for Denny's, the Grand Slam. <laughs> <laughs> um... There you go. And this week we're talking The Hunt, the quote-unquote controversial film that uh, (laughs) (laughs) was moved from its original September release date all the way to a very convenient and certainly helpful March release date. Um, Yeah, we're talking The Hunt this week. I think we have a number of things to talk about, but that's the main review. Joining us this week to talk The Hunt and more, we have from Forbes, his hunt has been canceled due to extended social distancing. It's Scott Mendelson. I should be drinking now, but I'm not. <laughs> you gotta save it. You gotta save it for the rest of the month. Scott, how are you doing this evening? I am doing well. I mean, obviously, it's a strange situation. Um, but yeah, it's it's jokes about alcohol consumption aside, one day at a time. All right. Uh, well, yeah, we are. Uh... We're going to talk about the hunted more, but uh, let's do some show notes real quick. First of a quick update on the schedule for things. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes in the world uh, recently. And so just to give a layout of what's going on uh, for the next couple weeks as far as uh, Out Now is concerned, we have this episode, obviously. Next week's our 400th episode, Spectacular, which um, we're very excited about, um, but that won't require reviewing a new movie. Uh, the week after that, since Mulan is no longer arriving on its March 27th release date, we'll be releasing our Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon commentary track in its place, which we recorded this week. It's awesome. We did a, a Brandon uh, Peters uh, and Peter Paris and I, we had a great time discussing Crouching Tiger. Uh, that's a really cool discussion that we'll be able to put out there in place of that weekly review. And after that, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to figure things out. Abe and I will talk things over as far as what to do next. We will do... You know, we'll do at least one another commentary, but presumably we can do more commentaries because we'll have certainly a few we'll options. Have a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's other things we can do. We can do. There's a lot of streaming things and um, some indie films that I know I was able to see, and I know a friend of the show, Mike Dillon, has been asking about it a bit. So you know, there's some ideas out there for bonus episodes and what have you. But uh, basically, the show's going to keep going. Um, I've got an of, idea. Uh huh. Commentary for the Irishman. <laughs> yes, our yeah, first, our three, first four, our first three part commentary yeah. track. <laughs> you know what? Follow it up with Wolf of Wall Street. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> but yeah, we, we well, we have some ideas cooking, and uh, there's going to be a lot of fun to be had right. uh, because why not find a way to have some fun in the midst of things taking on? So uh, with all that said, you know, stay safe out there, but feel free to enjoy our silly show in the time right. being. Yeah, stay safe out there, wash your hands, and uh, practice social distancing. And also, to Aaron's point, there's a ton of content that uh, is either just directly sent to streaming and or stuff that we have to catch up on um, that we can that we can talk about. But if you have suggestions, feel free to write them in. We'll, we'll consider it. For sure, yeah. Uh, okay, so with that said, uh, some other show notes. Next week is our fourth episode. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be going over our favorite films of the last decade which I think will be very exciting, and I have a couple guests in mind that are are hopefully going to uh, deliver big on us, because I know they've been doing a lot of work in uh, going over their, you know, favorite films of the last decade. 
And um, <clears throat> what else? Um, iTunes reviews and ratings, of course. If you like our show, if you like our silliness, feel free to log on to iTunes, search Brown Now, Thurn and Abe. Give us a rating and review. That'd be awesome. Yeah, thank you so much in advance. All right. Now let's get down to business. Uh, let's do some no everybody. <laughs> Where each week you ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast, better get to know no everybody. everybody. All right. Hey, why don't you start this one off? Question for you guys. Uh, who's your favorite hunter, a predator or an alien? Well, a predator. He's It's a hunter. It's a hunter by trade. It's true. And they grow up, they're like 300. They just like, after they turn 12, they're just like told to go survive uh, in the jungles of Mexico. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to go with, with the predator as well. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. never. I mean, the films are fine, but mm-hmm. I've never had any warm and fuzzy feelings for the alien. Neither have I. A little cold and distant, like in space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like an alien versus predator, the first one. I mean, it, Predator, like, teamed up with, what, Santa Lathan? Santa Lathan, yeah. yeah. Like, they're, they're like, buddies. Like, he gave her a mark and everything. Yeah, I was going to say, he gave her a mark to prove that she's one of them. Yeah, they were pretty much high-fiving at the end of that movie. <laughs> the third act of that movie is actually pretty darn entertaining. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, once at all, I don't hate that film. I think it's fine. I think for yeah. a movie slightly compromised, but even the unrated yeah. cut is actually pretty worthwhile as far as if you're looking for it just for the gore. But I mean, if you're going to make a movie that's based off of, well, we did this jokey thing in Predator 2, so I guess we made a whole comic book series about it, and now it's a movie. Not a bad movie. <laughs> There's been yeah, worse well, premises. It, was, it wasn't terrible. There's been but... worse premises that have come out of situations like that. So. Yeah. I mean, all due respect, it's better than Freddy vs. Jason. Yes, it, it is. It's thinking on it. Yeah, I I would more willingly put that on than Batman v Superman. So there you go. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Like if you put those both in front of me right now, I'd be like, well, one's more fun, <laughs> and it's weirdly not the one involving two superheroes. But okay. <laughs> it's the flashback sequence that get you right. You know where they're like fighting everybody on the pyramids. Yeah, I got you. I remember that being in the trailer, as and I was thinking. There's no way that's what this movie is. Like, there's, there's, there's no world. Just full on action. There's no world where there's this happening for like 90 sustained minutes. And sure enough, I was very correct on <laughs> that. Um. All right. I have a question for you guys. Yes. Are you the tortoise or the hare? Mm. In regards to? Just in general. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we're we talking about the tortoise. I'm sorry, the hare, like that's in the movie that'll come and you know kill your turtle family, or huh? It's a it's a, the hunch reference. Is that part of the speech that she gives? Yeah, it comes and kills the whole turtle family. Exactly. Yeah, it's a very vindictive jackrabbit in in the movie. Uh, I'm gonna say that I I like the I like the tortoise because I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even though they're not the same type of yeah, shells. Yeah, they're turtles or the tortoise. One's a land animal, one's a one's a sea animal. But um, I'm gonna have to go with the tortoise as well, mostly because yeah. the tortoise wins. This is true. Slow and Proves steady. that rabbit wrong. Slow and steady. That's what I say. Steady wins the race. Yep. Greatest right. advice I've ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> has, has it paid off for you in life? You know, I uh, had to slow down my horses. Is that the is that the phrase? Slow down your horses. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a great uh, no, everybody. Okay. Well, that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. All right, let's move on. Let's go down to quickies. 
Jim. Each week out now, you want to go to the video with the quickies. Great, Mark. All right. Abe, have you seen any of the movies recently? Yes, I saw two things. One was a documentary on HBO. It's called Women of Troy. It's kind of about Cheryl Miller, but also about women's basketball and how that started. I think that it has a very strong first act, and then the second act, or the second half, is not as strong. It kind of gets a little bit more um, open-ended in, in what they're trying to say and state about the state of women's basketball. I mean, it's, it's all positive, but the first half is definitely more focused, and that really adds to the element of, oh, wow, this is amazing. Cheryl Miller was an amazing player. Um, and also just the way this, like the change uh, in landscape of women's basketball was so uh, deep throughout. And then, you know, again, the second half kind of like it's a little bit less focused. But uh, it's on HBO. Feel free to give it a watch if you want to. Um, and obviously the second thing that I – or not obviously, but the second thing that I watched related to The Hunt um, was just a rewatch of Ready or Not. Yeah, that go. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> I, it, it's we're, still good. Uh, it's still fun, but you know, it's once you see things come in, you're just like, this is she's. Uh, what what's the lead actress's name? I forget. Samara, Samara Weaving. Weaving. Yeah. yeah, she just goes through a whole lot of shit for like no real reason. And then at the end, there, I was thinking to myself, man, what was like? How is she gonna explain this to the cops? But <laughs> whatever. See, I, as I. I forgot where you were with Ready or Not. I feel like, yeah, you liked it. I was, it was I was, fine, yeah. I thought it was fine, and I was more like, I liked, I think, like, a good hour of it, and then I was like, this is getting kind of repetitive, and then the last ten minutes, like, really reeled me back in. I'm like, all right, well, this has won me <laughs> over because of things that take yeah. place. Um, I feel like there's more to say on it as we talk about The Hunt, so I'll just leave it off mm-hmm. from there. But I do think there's well-made things about that movie that really work, but overall, I was like, yeah, all right, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's what it is. Uh, Scott, what have you seen recently? Uh, I watched Lost Girls on Netflix, which I enjoyed for what it was. It's a grounded, low-key, true-crime melodrama about a mother searching for her missing daughter, that's who is a, a sex worker. That's Amy Ryan, uh, right? Yeah, Amy Ryan, um, Gabriel Bine, um, Dean Winters, oh. and forgive me, I can't remember her name, the young woman from Leave No Trace and Jojo Rabbit. Thomason McKinsey? Yes, McKinsey, yes. yes. Mm, okay. Fan, even though I couldn't remember her name in that moment. Um, it's good. It's it's very good. It's what you see is what you get. Um, Stargirl on Disney Plus didn't do a thing for me. <laughs> it felt like someone, and this was not me, but somebody made a joke when Venom came out, saying that there were times where Tom Hardy's performance felt like Jim Carrey in the mask, except nobody told him that they weren't any special effects. <laughs> and that Stargirl felt like to me. It felt like a you know I, I, a powder type movie, but you know nobody told them that that nobody had any special powers or special gifts. Mm-hmm. So this young woman that, at least by today's standards, is entirely normal, I would argue, um, is treated as this strange, bizarre, incredibly special young woman who, who makes a huge difference to the town. And, 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 and I did the book was written twenty years ago. It sort of preceded what you consider the modern manic pixie dream girl. But in 2020, it's like this woman would have very little problem fitting in in a modern high school tonight. Yeah, I um, I had a similar so reaction because I, 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 I wasn't it's not that I didn't like didn't like I overall I wouldn't like yeah. say I liked it. But it's like I feel like it's just not for me. But at the same yeah. time, to speak to exactly what you're saying, it's like. 
who is this for? Because, yeah, you're correct. Like, the the characters in this movie exist in a world where it's not normal to be the way a lot of kids seem to be at this age. Like, so it's... Yeah. It feels very strange in that manner. It's this. It's like a fantasy without being a fantasy. Yes. And um, I just, I, I agree. I just couldn't connect with it whatsoever. And I didn't, I didn't respond to the things that were supposed to be like, you know, cool. Instead, they just kind of felt twee. And I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else have I watched? Have I watched anything else? Um. Well, you might as well throw some thoughts on Mulan, since that's not coming out anytime soon. <laughs> well, technically, I think we're under embargo, so we'll have to be somewhat vague. That's fine. But, yeah, it's it's good. It's well made. It is, you know, it looks like 200 million bucks. It's well acted. It's one of the better one of these Disney remakes by default. Um, But it's very restrained. It's very respectful almost to the point of self-satire hmm, you know it's it's very you know on one hand the whole you know, family above all duty above all responsibility it's both very disney and very stereotypically speaking very chinese and you could see them sort of being terribly afraid to do anything that might be offensive to the quote-unquote stereotypical chinese moviegoer now I've made a point to see some of these bigger Chinese blockbusters that we've seen over the last several years. Uh, you know, uh, The Wandering Earth, uh, Wolf Warrior Two, you know, The Mermaid, Drag, uh, uh, Niza. You, and... you, you've just listed several awesome movies, by the way. I'm just that putting it out there still, that we've brought up on this show, but we've never talked yes. about directly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there's a certain nationalism that you're going to find there, mm-hmm. and even something like The Great Wall. But in exchange for that. You get some really weird out there stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you you get your you know you, you get something for the whole you know China is the best rah 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 stuff. And with this, comparatively speaking, you know I, I know they're inferior movies, but I wanted some of the Gonzo Bananas action fantasy of The Great Wall or Maleficent, uh, Mistress of Evil. Um, and instead, it's a very respectful. Very bloodless, literally. Um, you know, action drama that really doesn't go, really doesn't, you know, sort of come to life until the final battle scene. All right. All right. It's a good tease. Yeah. I can't wait to see it in October or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, it's not Fast 9. I have a, don't get me started on how disappointed I am in Fast 9. But you know what? <laughs> You know what that means? That just means Justin Lane feels super happy because he has a lot more time to work on a movie he's probably very proud of. Um, and Fast 10 but as well. <laughs> is justice for Han delayed, justice denied. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Scott, start a movement. <laughs> it's just going to have time for that movement to build even more. That's, that's what yes. it is. Um, I've seen a few things that I'll make note of. One is something that Scott clearly forgot about, which is how forgettable the movie is. It's Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, I wish we were going to talk about it, but yes. Um, yeah, uh, this movie is bad. It's it's very, very bad. Uh, it's not too surprising, given that Vin Diesel's output outside of the Fast and Furious franchise has been very scattershot, to say the least. Um, I like Vin Diesel in general. As much as I have fun making fun of his garbledy voice, it's still like, a, you know, there's not... He's a unique presence in movies, as far as action stars go, even if he doesn't do much in general um but 
yeah, this movie, which is the based off a of Valiant comic, Valiant Comics character, uh, which came came out around back in like the early nineties. So nineties, yeah. It's in that time when like things like Venom and Marvel and whatnot, and Spawn was emerging and stuff like things like that were cool antiheroes that have guns and can do things like that was like really cool, and that's what this movie feels like. It feels like a product of that time when you know just the notion of being a, a macho guy that you know kills bad guys and has guns and can do all these crazy things is a cool thing except that just doesn't really play here because it feels redundant after a while and vin diesel for as much as i enjoy seeing him he's not bringing a lot of shades to the character presented in the movie i mean speaking of weird there's not enough weird in this movie like it seems no, like a, a, the, the, the the idea of a character who can who has nanobites running through it instead of blood that can rebuild himself that lends itself to a lot of cool ideas, even if you have a limited budget. And I know that could work because Dread works, and that was made on a limited budget. You can you can make this work, and it doesn't. It just feels boring after a while. You even have Guy Pearson here as the villain, somehow toning it down. Like why is yes. that? Like, when does Guy Pierce tone it down in these kinds of roles? And that was really, that was really odd to me. I think the premise itself has enough to work with to make it like really interesting. As far do you as... think they were like, hey. Do you remember yourself playing uh, the the villain in Iron Man three? We want that, but less. He had more fun in <laughs> Iron Man three. He breathed, yeah, exactly. breathed, breathed, breathed fire. Yeah, like Don exactly. looked at him was like, "Oh, you can breathe fire," and it's like, what? <laughs> "Like that was a great part of the movie." Yeah. This is just like, all right, we we put all these pieces. We together. just want you to speak these lines. Yeah, and it just it doesn't nothing really comes together in any way that's all that intriguing. The action, there's there's one sequence towards the end that's in in a vacuum it works really well yeah. because of the staging and the idea but most of the other all the other action is edited to hell so it just looks like a pg-13 action movie that you can't really register and yeah there's nothing really else here i, I i'm very curious if bloodshot fans have been super pleased by this movie but i mean what it make like a buck 50 at the box office this weekend scott yeah, what did it do 9.4 <laughs> which was right in line with tracking by the way so i it's driving me nuts i'm seeing these people online say, oh you know coronavirus steel really took a shot on a bloodshot no it didn't <laughs> this movie was mm-hmm. never going to break out and if anything of the three films it was probably the least affected by the pandemic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um make of that what you will um but no it's 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 i've realized now you know because i watched chronicle of riddick for the first time last week to you know get ready for bloodshot because i had never seen it and certainly a movie yeah, yeah, it's it's. I still admire the hot spot. Um, but I think he's sort of the modern day Sylvester Stallone, and by that I mean, you know, he certainly has a look physical, and you know, he sounds different, he looks different, and he's incredibly intelligent and thoughtful and knowledgeable about the industry in a way that almost never shows up in his movies. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I completely agree with that. Outside of like his key franchise with with Stallone, it's Rocky, obviously. With Vin Diesel, it's the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, the, those clearly work. And, but you know, like you know, and again, I like you know Triple X three more than you know you did, I think, more than most people. But you know, that's mostly because I like the cast. No, I thought I gave it like a six out of ten. Like yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I, I like you know, it's a good director for one thing. I mean, he's the guy that made Disturbia and Eagle Eye. He knows how to make a studio picture. I, I like Salton Sea. That's my preferred DJ yeah, Caruso yeah. joint. But yes, I know Salt what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and it was it was it was 
you know, another thing was it was driving me crazy. Like the number of people, even people that I talked to, you know, in person that were sure that this film was going to start a valiant cinematic universe, <laughs> that it was going to happen. It was going to be successful. And we were going to get a bunch more of these. It's like, what planet are you living on? Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, even when Valiant was, like, super coming out with, like, you know, the Todd McFarlane's of the world back in the day and with the Spawn stuff, nobody could really name any of the other people in that universe. I mean, like, Magnus Robot Hunter, maybe? Uh, You know, there's... uh, there's... Shadow Man isn't another Valiant's character, I know that one. Yeah, but I mean, like... That was, like, a Nintendo 64 game. (laughs) (laughs) Let me speak for the general movie goer and say, who? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you think that you're going to build... This is, is this well at least it's not as egregious as Universal saying like we're gonna build the Dark Universe. Well, right, yeah, the Scott? film doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't try to like you know lead yeah. it, it doesn't lend itself to other like you know characters. It's not it doesn't take like 15 minutes for Guy Pierce to be like here's my vault of other things I've been working on. Like it's it's just it's its own. <laughs> I it's was a, yearning for that. It, it's its own movie. I don't know if I'd be yes. yearning for that because I feel like well then I'd just be more bored because I'm like here's movies well, that aren't gonna exist. Like <laughs> what am I gonna do with this? I would have been more entertained by that than what we got. By default. Fair, I guess. Um, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, the Dark Universe was obviously a laughing stock, and I'm forever angry at Tom Cruise for making me believe in it when everybody else said it was foolish, because I believed in Tom Cruise, damn it. But nonetheless, you know, that was casting well-known, well-liked adult movie stars as well-known characters. You know, the execution was screwed up, but, you know, it wasn't a horrible idea on paper. This was just sort of, and again, you know, Bloodshot was not a horrible idea on paper either. Let's make this movie based on Bloodshot. Let's do Vin Diesel because he kind of looks like the character. You know, it's basically a riff on the crow and upgrade and uh, the wraith and, you know, Robocop. You know, that's a tried and true story, you know, whatever. Uh Uh, But it didn't work, which is fine. But it's it's sort of like, you know, you see all these these articles, you know, Vin Diesel says Valiant's going to be a cinematic universe. Vin Diesel says, we're making a Witch Hunter 2. It's like, does anyone actually ask him, say, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and maybe not this is not why enough people, interview. Scott. He's, yeah. he's got that fast money. He's just like, I'll finance it myself. Well, more power to him if that's how he does it. <laughs> well, yeah, Bloodshot, not very good. Um also, Spencer Confidential, the best TV pilot of 1991. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Berg is never going to come on our show now. Yeah, I, I mentioned that last week. It's just yeah. I love it's... Hitch. You, oh. What? What? I said I love Hitch. You mean Hancock? Oh. I'm sorry, Hancock. What did I say? Hitch. Yes. I also like Patriot's Day and Deepwater Horizon. I I mean, there's. I, yeah. The last two Mark Wahlberg, Peter Berg collaborations, I'm not a fan of, but I more or less enjoy the other three. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Uh, what else? What else I see? I um, I got a few things here. I'll just go through them quickly. Uh, Anna and I, we watched a couple movies last night, uh, both very good. Uh, the Freshman, the Harold Lloyd film. Um, he's a football. He's a college football player. And Babe. Uh, which is awesome. Babe rules. Like Babe's yeah, the best. It's a great movie. It's really good. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, the talking big movie. What? The talking big movie? Yes, yep. Babe. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah the greatest the... movies ever made. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it rules. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um. You can go to hell. <laughs> you can. What's the What's the duck's name? Ferdinand. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Ferdinand. It is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. 
I so I, I get I can get to this later, but I'll get to it now. Um, Criterion's releasing Spike Lee's Bamboozled this week, um, which I got a review copy of, so I watched Bamboozled for the first time in 20 years. Um, it's a great, uh, it's a great box cover. It, it, it does, but have you have you guys seen Bamboozled? Scott? Have you seen Bamboozled? Not in a long, ago. long time. <laughs> yeah. it's, I imagine I, it's aged very interestingly. It has, because it's certainly, like, the relevance, sadly, doesn't let up with a movie like that. The film, it features Damon Wayans as a TV exec who hires on two street performers played by Savion Glover, the famous tap dancer, and uh, Tommy Davidson, uh, to, to play in a new minstrel show where they wear black. So you have black actors wearing blackface. Um, and the idea is like a producer's type thing where it's, we'll make this ridiculously offensive show to throw it in the face of the audience, except it backfires and it becomes a huge hit. Now mm-hmm. there's a lot of like obvious, like offensiveness that comes with that kind of territory. And the film, it wobbles in how effective it is. I like the movie overall. Cause there's too much like really good stuff in it to like, not like it's too ambitious and interesting looking um, to dislike, but like it also, it's another. Spike Lee has a lot of films that are exactly 135 minutes, and this feels like this. This really feels like it because it's like there's so much here, and it could be carved down a bit, but it's not. And so it overall just kind of sits there and it's like, all right, the the good stuff really sticks out, but like some of the bad stuff is just like okay, there's just a little too much of this here or there. Mm. The most interesting thing though is that he shot it with mini DV cams, so it looks like a home movie for like a lot of the film except for the parts where he films the TV show where he shot in that on super 16. So the most clear and like best looking parts of the movie are the most offensive parts of the movie, which I think <laughs> is kind of fascinating. It's, it's obviously on purpose. Cause Spike Lee's, you know, an adult filmmaker who knows how he's making movies. So it's not like he, it's not like he's looking at the dailies and being like, Oh, I wonder why this doesn't look great. Like he knows what he's doing. So it's really fascinating to watch a film where, you know, the real scenes look, purposely crappy or at least unvarnished while like the really offensive blackface stuff you can see that crystal clear so mm-hmm. it it makes for an interesting watch certainly in 2020 where if you I, i'd be curious if this movie could ever come out today like if you could i'm sure he could because he's spike lee he could probably he could pull with yeah. the strings and it wasn't an expensive movie to make to begin with but it's just it's fascinating to kind of look at the messaging he's going for here which he's done since in other movies in more effective ways honestly i think black Klansman does some of the same stuff and does it really well i mean it's fantastic so yeah i just that was interesting to watch bamboozled again um one last thing hbo's the outsider this is a stephen king based off a stephen king novel has ben mendelson among others did anybody watch this show Mm -hmm. i have not it's 10 episodes when it should have been six that said i still like enjoyed it it just could have been tightened a whole lot and based off what i've read about the novel which is not super long for a Stephen King novel. It really seems like it should have been six episodes. So I feel like it's kind of a shame because there's an interesting and very dark story being told. And Ben Mendelsohn and Jason Bateman and a number of other people like they're like, it's, it's just, it's huge on character actors, like a ton of people in this. It's very well. It's from the, the, um, the creator of, um, uh, what's the, the Riz Ahmed show that was on HBO. What's it? Um, uh, the night of the night of, thank you. Um, it's from this, that, like that same creative group. So like that vibe is certainly there, but I mean it's just it's just too long when it didn't need to be. Just mm-hmm. kind of a shame, but I'd still like marginally recommend it if you want to, you know, if you're in home for some reason you can't go out. I don't know why. Um, that's a show you can watch. <laughs> uh, all right, that's enough quickies. Tim, let's move on now. Let's get to some trailer talk. We're talking about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. When we quote unquote think it's coming out and what have you. Um, this week we're talking Antebellum, the upcoming horror film starring Janelle Monae. 
from the very brief trailers, there have been two so far, and they're both very, you know, abbreviated as far as what they're trying to show, it appears that there's a main character, played by Janelle Monet, who somehow gets trapped in, like, the Annabelle himself, in, like, slavery times. That's really all I can kind of surmise so far, and even that might be questionable as far as what's going on. But where are you guys with this? Hey, where are you with Antebellum? You know, the trailer is interesting because it presents a lot of questions of what's happening, how is this happening, um, what's going to happen to them as they are reverted back through time. Um, But ultimately, it doesn't really do anything for me because I'm just not that interested in it. It doesn't seem as though it's like... It doesn't really capture my attention as as much as perhaps um, as good as I think that these teaser trailers are about not showing you a whole lot. Um, It just is something where I'm like, this is an interesting premise, but do I need to go see this? I'll wait for Scott to write something about it on Forbes. (laughs) Uh, If it ever comes out. If it Um, ever comes out. No, I I am very interested in this. Um, I am very intrigued by the bare bones teasers. Um, (laughs) as well as why the teasers are so bare bones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it because the premise is just so horrific enough that there's just not that much you can show in a trailer? You don't want to turn people off from actually showing up in the theater? Is it because there's something entirely unknown going on that they just don't, you know, they're you know, just playing it close to the vest? Or are they just saying, hell, this is a cheap horror film. Just like we used to do with the Saw films, we're not showing you anything. Um... You know, we trust, for whatever reason, we trust that you'll show up. You give a little bit of, so you know what you're in for. Other than that, we'll see you on opening night. Um, one thing I do think is very interesting is that the first teaser, which is what, about a minute, give or take, mm-hmm. um, emphasized the horror aspect of it. You know, the idea that these, this young African-American woman from, you know, in modern society gets transported back into the slave era, you know, that is indeed a very horrifying premise. Uh, the second teaser, which is also about, what, 45 seconds, um, sort of sells the idea that she becomes a heroic figure and has to save the day. Now, I'm curious which one of those is true, because honestly, the switch around in the second trailer feels like more like a marketing switcheroo versus, you know, selling a different angle of the movie. You know, selling something that's more aspirational that is, you know, more, this isn't going to be just a relentless trip through hell. Um, I don't know. I do think it's interesting that the first teaser was so short, because Lionsgate actually has a habit of dropping final trailers. They're just like a minute long. You know, they do it sort of backwards. They have basically a full theatrical trailer, and then closer to the release date, you get like a a minute mini trailer. But in this case, they did the mini trailer and then another mini trailer. So I am very intrigued as to what this movie is. Will we ever get to see it? I don't know. Yeah, that's I, I pretty much agree with your sentiments there, Scott, because I <laughs> it's it's the restraint in marketing that has me the most intrigued. Beyond the like the log line that we're not even sure of. I, just the fact that they're purposely going out of their way to not tell me too much about it has me more intrigued, which is how it should work to begin with. Right. Um but yeah, like the I guess the the enjoyment factor is the question. Will this work as like a grindhouse horror flick or work as something more serious? I'm not too familiar with the uh, the filmmakers involved. 
I, if I had to guess, I'd say it's maybe their first movie, like their first feature-length movie. I can check on that right now so I don't sound like an idiot, though. Um, it is. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to expect in a way that makes me kind of excited about it. I, it's, I do like that they're playing up the whole, it's from producers of Get Out and Us, even though it's not Jordan Peele specifically, um, cause that certainly <laughs> works on a poster. So good for them on doing that. Um, but yeah, if there could be either a really true horror show here, as far as what it means for a black audience to watch this movie, or it could be just something throwaway that has, you know, some hot button topics that it does nothing with, but I guess we'll kind of have to see, and yeah, I'm just not really sure when we're going to see it. Comes out, it's scheduled to come out April 24th, which has not yet been rescheduled. Um, so we'll just kind of see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, there's a trailer talk. Let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get to our main review for The Hunt. this. Did you see that article? Every year these liberal elites kidnap a bunch of normal folks like us and hunt us for sport. The last I heard, free speech still exists. Don't First Amendment me. It wasn't real. Everybody get out of here! We were joking. There's been a killing spree. You gotta come here right now. You actually believed we were hunting human beings for sport. <laughs> but you are. We have an opportunity here to teach these people. These are not real people. They're actors. I'm playing an Arab refugee, but I identify as white. I think that's problematic too, in some way. You wanted it to be real, so you decided it was. kind of sick people would even think of something like that white people we're the worst that should have been some of the trailer for the hunt back in september the hunt was supposed to be released until it was abruptly canceled following two public shootings in addition to misinformed accusations by the ultra sensitive including one commander-in-chief that the film focused on the murder of right-wing conservatives without the common sense to realize that the premise goes one step further in clearly establishing these characters are victims to the evil elite liberals months later the film is now arriving in theaters, unchanged and hellbent on delivering what director Craig Zobel and writers Dana Lindelof and Nick Hughes wanted to say about this world in this twisted comedic thriller. Scott, where you were able to, you were able to kind of see this movie a little bit ahead of time, and you got a taste of what was actually going on in this movie. Where, where were you? Where are your overall thoughts on on the hunt? Well, I think the most surprise after all the hubbub, I think the most surprising thing for me. Was it A, it's exactly the movie that the quote-unquote, for lack of a better term, the haters said it was. It really is a violent action movie about, you know, liberal elites hunting deplorables. You know, they, they, they come right out and say it in the first moments of the movie. And that, frankly, in this hyper-insane media environment, I'm a little surprised that the filmmakers were so taken by surprise by the, what I would argue is manufactured controversy. Because that happens so often. Um, as for the film, it's a movie, you know, it's, 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 
It's a singular, standalone, $14 million R-rated film. It's not trying to be the great satire of our time. It's not trying to be a masterpiece of modern political discourse through cinema. It's just a grindhouse exploitation film. And like a lot of those films, young and old, they deal with up-to-the-minute politics. It is no more inciting or transgressive or subversive than something like Machete from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there were tiss-tiss, finger-wagging fig pieces written about Machete back then, but the world didn't lose its mind over it. Um, and it sort of goes to something that I've frankly been complaining about for, God, just like three, four years, which is that the media, which includes, frankly, some of my colleagues, as well as people that have no business covering movies in the first place, because that's just not their beat, um, basically losing their minds whenever there's some kind of a weird, out there, wacky, original, not already previously digested premise that's offered for moviegoers. Um, Beauty and the Beast, that's fine. But Fifty Shades of Grey, everybody loses their minds. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 which is why I get so annoyed when, and I'm not saying you have to like these films, but to argue that Collateral Beauty is the craziest thing ever, or Book of Henry is completely insane. How did this get released? Or even something like Cats, which obviously for people <laughs> that have never seen the show, oh my God, what is this abomination? This is the worst thing Hollywood's ever made. And then they turn around and wonder why Hollywood never releases anything original anymore. You know, it, it's a two-way street. You know, if you treat passengers as, you know, a horrific, offensive, horrifying affront to civilization because its premise would not have been remotely out of place in the 70s, by the way, that doesn't encourage filmmakers to take a chance with outside-the-reservation film premises. And that's what The Hunt is. It's just a movie. Is it a great movie? No. Is it entertaining? Yes. Does it have some great performances by Betty Giplin and Ellery Swank? Absolutely. Are there some plot twists that are interesting? Yes. But at the end of the day, and I cannot stress this enough, it's just a movie. All right. Abe, what are your thoughts on The Hunt? You know, a lot of what Scott has said is absolutely correct, and I think I just really want to reemphasize that it really is just a movie. Um, And the other point that I want to bring up is that the reason for it to be delayed, I understand if there's like, you know, a national emergency about something that's too close to home, but for the whole entire thoughts of people who have never seen it or people who will never go see it, and just kind of giving your thoughts about it and saying, well, you know, it's, it's a movie that I don't agree with and, and whatever else. Like, well, a lot of there's a lot of movies out there that you could say the same thing about that don't fit on everybody's agenda or everybody's plate. Just to put some perspective on that, this movie came out. This movie was originally scheduled to come out in between the time that we saw Rambo, Last Blood and Joker, mm-hmm. two films that also have very <laughs> objectionable content. In them. Right. Yeah. And to be honest, uh, everyone's overblowing it. Because this movie is, like what Scott said, it's not very good, but it's also entertaining. And the thing that the, the thing that I find the most, uh, I guess, the most entertaining about it is that it's about a group of, 
liberal elites, quote unquote liberal elites, that even I don't like. You know what I mean? And I kind of identify as like pretty open minded, pretty liberal. And they're the group that's like, oh, well, we got to be ultra sensitive about this and this and this. And like, oh, we're, we're going to take it back. And they're the ones that are the, the loudmouth liberal elites, too. And it's really just very offensive in that manner. of was like, I can't believe you're lumping us all into like one group kind of thing. But it's super entertaining on the front of, hey, I'm going to go and kick some ass and uh, figure out why this is happening to me. And that's a fun person to follow. I mean, you're you're basically going along on this adventure uh, with this one person. It's a it's a woman on a mission movie, and she's a badass. And there's a whole lot of other movies that are like this too, which we'll bring up. But the, I think my final conclusion, concluding thoughts in general, are just that we've seen a lot of these types of movies before. They're just not painted in this light. You know what I mean? What I mean by that is like when you take a look at um uh what the purge right the purge series is they're pretty much very similar films that put a far more obvious stance on what they're trying to do yet were met with no objections whatsoever no objection at all yeah i mean like you know the purge series is is sure you you think to yourself well it's about the haves and have nots well this that's what this movie is about and then you think about like other movies that are also like uh like all the black exploitation movies like or even like Django and Chain where it's like oh well I'm gonna go back and kill all these like white uh, slave owners it's like there's no objection to that people that's like one of Quentin Tarantino's like largest hits you know what I mean so there it's so weird how there's hot and cold there's never really medium about just like let's go fucking see the movie and see what the hullabaloo is all about. And then make an opinion about it. This is kind of like the interview as well, where it's like, well, well, North Korea doesn't really want us to have this happen. It's like the the interview is not a very good movie either. And then because you guys pushed it and uh, I then end up seeing it, it's like this is a really OK movie, but it's a great movie for Randall Park. And it's a it's a bummer that Randall Park didn't really get his his uh, breakout until well, maybe like fresh, be off on, fresh off the boat. Yeah. Five yeah. Years later, and, yeah. Right. Yeah, so I mean, it did work out for Randall, uh, yeah. but at the same time, like, don't make a big fuss about something that are that are movies. You know, if anything, you should go make a big fuss about documentaries because that's a little bit more. That should be a little bit more like streamlined about true to life and also trying to be a little bit more um, on the on the truth level. But yeah, I mean, the movie's okay. It's entertaining, but it's just okay. I um. I think the movie's quite enjoyable. Is it like a fantastic movie? Not necessarily, but I do think the movie gets across what it's trying to do. I mentioned how there's something comparable to Ready or Not, where obviously the kind of person hunting people and the kind of class ideas that they're they're toying with, which is a very popular theme last year in general, um, you know, it, it it puts it into a certain kind of category of films. I would say Ready or Not was maybe a better directed movie. I just think it's more stylish overall than this film. At the same time, this film's just more fun. Like, I I don't see myself coming back to either anytime soon, necessarily, but I do think, like, if you put these both in front of me, I'd probably choose The Hunt, just because it has a sense of fun with what it's trying to do. Uh, you mentioned, like, the characters and how the quote-unquote villains are the liberal elites. Like, yeah, they're, both sides are taken to, like, extremes here, which basically cancels out anything as far as being super digestible in terms of thematic depths regarding politics, but that's you know the point as well like it's not trying to kind of lead you into any biting conversations about what's going right or wrong here it could maybe lead to conversations in general because you just want to converse in some way about what's going on but i mean there's nothing to like 
take in and be like, oh, that's how it feels or something like that. It's just more like, yeah, this is just a, a lark um, where you have one character that's in the center of everything that's ostensibly the lead. What I like into getting to that, though, is the way the film starts, I think, is very interesting and enjoyable because you have <laughs> a lot of, without kind of getting too far into it, you have a lot of attempts to put you on a certain path before the writing or the direct the film takes it just kind of shifts you around Mm -hmm. and it does that a few times and even while knowing just based off like if you go into this blind without any previews i think there's actually some like fun surprises to be had but if you've like seen the you know trailers going into this movie you understand like what characters you're probably going to be following the most here but even then it's still fun to get to that point I i still think the movie has a lot of fun with that i wish that kind of energy was held throughout the film at the same time, it's only like 90 minutes. It's not very yeah. long, and it doesn't feel long. And it feels like it flies by to the point where I'm like, what else is there to do in this? I'm like, oh, sure enough, it ends pretty quickly after. <laughs> um, we, this, as far as the stars go, there's a lot of character actors in here, a lot of like you know recognizable faces. Ike Barinholtz, Emma Roberts, Len Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, even simply Macon, Macon Blair. That was a fun surprise. Uh, but Betty Gilpin is like the ostensible lead of this film, and she does a great job as far as kind of a genre heroine as far as that kind of character goes for this movie mm-hmm. this isn't, it's not a it's not a horror movie so it's hard to say like a horror you know hero but like it's a genre film um and i think she does a good job of making a unique character like something that's not just like a badass but someone that like has certain like things about her that make her different than just like someone that just can destroy anybody in her way there's you know, like weird facial tics and things about her that you know make it a little deeper than normal at the same time, you have Hillary Swank in here and like, I don't give a fuck mode because I have two Oscars. I can do whatever movie I want to. And that's like what she's <laughs> looking, doing in this looking movie. great, by the way, looking great, by the way. Yes. Like, physically fit in, in that. that <laughs> and if the richest year is going, she may end up with three Oscars. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I thought the movie was enjoyable for what it's trying to do. And I think it opens really well. And I think the end, which features a very brutal brawl between two people, is very effectively filmed. Um, yeah, I think the film's best joke is uh-huh. that the idea of how absurd it is, the very notion of quote-unquote liberal elites partaking in this kind of violence. The idea that, you know, it's 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 certainly plausible for quote-unquote the other side to be doing this kind of thing, but, you know, by highlighting how bad our side is at it, I think it kind of gets away with all that, you know, it avoids... <laughs> the danger of you know both sides which mm-hmm. you know in this day and age isn't exactly as enlightened as you might think it is um yes it makes fun of both sides but you know the joke is how implausible it is that you know the lefties would actually do something like this right. which of course makes you know incredibly ironic how the film got delayed in the first place mm-hmm. you know this yes. is a film without going into details, very much about, you know, the, the, the game of telephone that takes place first in the right-wing media and then eventually in the mainstream media. And, you know, in our SEO digital media environment, there's no incentive to discover the truth, at least not right away. It's incredibly profitable to discover the truth later so you can have a follow-up article. Um, and I think... You know, the film got caught in the very same news cycle that it's making fun of. Um, and 
And again, it's, 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 you know, when I mentioned about bloodshot, you know, you know, Vin Diesel comes out and says, we're going to make a witch hunter too. And nobody on the press tour thinks to ask, really, how's that actually going to happen? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other funny thing that you were sort of uh, talking about too, Scott, is this is a movie in which great, there's a joke that occurs in a thread and the liberal elites then take it upon themselves to, to really play something out They're They're the ones that are, that are getting revenge. Uh, and the funny thing is like, they've never done it before. So they're stupid at it. Yeah. And it just, it just becomes hilarious. The other thing that I think the, the larger point that I kind of liked was that it's also not saying that all rednecks are rednecks. Uh, you know, there's actually really smart, intelligent people that just, live their lives they just were you know they, they just are born in a geographical region or stay and live in a geographical region that doesn't mean that they are not smart because it's, yeah, that's it's the entire big. crux of the the fight at the end there it's just like oh well i'm a stupid idiot and i guess i won't admit it <laughs> it doesn't have an agenda that it's specifically taking up with anybody I yeah think that's the key here like it, it that's the largest thing i mean it there's a the, there's a way to read it if you just don't pay attention, but like it's not, it's going out of its way to be like, no, we're obviously the we're we're showing the worst of both sides on purpose because that's there's no greater argument to be made here. Yeah. It's just a matter and of unfortunately, everyone guys, can take somebody, everybody can take something way too far, and that's what we're showing. And the the unfortunate thing, like what you guys both mentioned, is that it doesn't really have a strong satirical message. You know what I mean? Like, it's not done that strongly. Um, no, it so, works in like a kind of a subpar South Park way where it's like both sides, right? Like that's you know, that's, <laughs> that's what it that, that, yeah. that's what it's doing. And and again, to the to its credit, it's just a very short, breezy movie. It moves along very, very quickly. And if it was a little bit longer, you definitely would feel it. But the good news is that it doesn't. And again, in terms of the actors, yeah, Betty Gilpin, she's very good in it, not just from her action uh, skills, but. There's a lot of, I think, Scott, maybe you're saying this, or maybe it was Aaron, but there's a lot of facial things that she does. But one of my favorite things in the movie is when she's talking to, like, some uh, uh, military guy, and she's explaining her deal about, like, why she has so much, like, pent-up uh-huh. anger. It's fantastic, because she lets out a few tears, but also you just really feel, it's like, oh, yeah, service industry, I get it. <laughs> I was very upset that the military person you're referring to was not actually what he says he is in real life because I thought that'd be a great fun joke, but it's not true. It was just something. It was just like a bit of dialogue, and I was like, yeah, that's. But there's also a funny joke in there too, though. Just you know about his his background. I'm saying that background's false. Like I wish it was. Oh, 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 I wish they actually got a guy from the thing that they're referencing to do this, and they. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, but. yeah, how was your audience reactions? Did you guys see it with a uh, an audience, or did you guys see it with a screening group? I had a press audience, and everybody was in a plastic bubble, so obviously we didn't have too much okay. reaction with each other. But I mean, the I mean the, the laughs were there. Like the there, it's a lot of there's a lot of shock humor in this movie, which mm-hmm. by design makes it less rewatchable. Which is you know, right. but uh, it still works, I think, in the moment. Like there's a lot. I mean, especially in that beginning where you know we're losing a lot of characters and yeah. you're kind of getting to understand those stakes of the game and everything, which I think is effective yeah. as far as how that goes. But I mean, it, the, the humor itself, I mean, all, it's based off either the gory moments or characters that you can't wait to die because of how ridiculous they are. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, the, the joke is naturally there because it's at their expense and you can't stand them. So you also know that they're not going to live very long. So, I mean, 
yeah, the joke the jokes land for the most yeah. part if you're if you're like, into the if you're into the dark humor that it's going for. Yeah, my audience was great because there was only a handful of us, um, but still, I could hear people saying like, "Oh, I thought she was gonna be the main character," uh, and then they were really surprised by the gas station sequence. And I was like, "Oh man, this is great! I like that that the audience is into this." But I agree with you that on second or third rewatch, definitely not gonna be there. I do want to shout out also Glenn Howerton. If you guys have seen AP Bio, um, he plays a really good, like, snobbish character in both that and this. Uh, and he's just, he's, he's a very fun character uh, in this movie. Um, but as it goes along, unfortunately, he doesn't have much else to do. So I mean, as much as I like It's Always Sunny, yes, AP Bio is very enjoyable as well with him on there and uh... <laughs> I, I'm happy it's not gone forever, uh, yeah. for one thing. But yeah, he makes the most of what he's trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that the film doesn't it doesn't work too hard to give you like way too much exposition or much of anything else. Like there is a bit that fills in some blanks, but it's not going out of its way to be like, now let's lecture you for a long time about everything that <laughs> led up to this moment. Completely, I agree. Yeah. Um, no, and you know, again, you know. Without making this all about the controversy, you know, it's it's just a movie. It, mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's, I think we need to get past the point where a movie that is about something has to be a definitive word about that subject. You know, for, you know, another obvious example, Jojo Rabbit. You know, I'm sorry that Jojo Rabbit was not the definitive movie about the Holocaust. It wasn't trying to be. It was just a very specific movie about very specific characters dealing with, you know, the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are deeper themes and darker themes. And, you know, I don't want to turn this into a think piece about Jojo Rabbit, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's, and again, some of this is just the internet bubble that, you know, by default we must exist in because it's our job. You know, the regular audiences don't care. You know, they saw the movie and liked the movie and moved on with their lives. Do you think that's a part, like Blumhouse has some responsibility over this, where they have movies like The Purge and like uh, Get Out, as far as movies that are doing something more with overall messaging while still functioning as a genre film? Do you think they have some kind of like, because you you also have like, well, like Fantasy Island was a couple weeks ago, or, you know, the other like random Blumhouse stuff that just doesn't mean anything. Do you think a movie like this, Uh where it's clearly trying to, you know, it's trying to push on some buttons, but certainly not doing it in the same way that other their other more um, quote unquote important films are doing. I don't think so. If only because, frankly, Blue Mouse is one of the only studios that is in a position to successfully to successfully make this kind of you know mainstream meat and potato grindhouse fare. So you know by default, some of their films are going to be deeper and thematically richer than others. Mm-hmm. You know, uh. uh you know, I don't expect – I mean, heck, I mean, it's, it's – it's, in terms of messaging, you might argue that Get Out is more thematically rich than us, or at least in terms of politics. Obviously, there's a lot going on under the surface of us, but on the surface, it's a horror picture. Um, and I, 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 I don't think that Blue Mouse has a responsibility just because they're one of the few film studios – Trying to make present, you know, often present day movies that are about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that, again, would have been just par for the course when movies were cheaper and were having to play to a global audience. Um, 
I agree with you. I'm just I'm asking the question. Oh, no, I know, I know. I think it's a good question. Uh, as far as, as far as it goes, oh, I analyze the Bloomhouse's release. I know you're yeah, people are saying. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's 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 a valid question, frankly. Um, but I think you know we ask too much of them if we're asking that. Well, yeah, I mean it's it it speaks to plenty of not necessarily throwaway, but movies that are you know events in themselves as far as getting trying to get everything out of one movie we're trying yes. to you know you, you need like well you have superhero movies that are somehow like not only just representing like you know a bit of fun on the screen or representing characters that are heroic but they also need to like solve issues and what have you where it's like well it it can't do everything it's just a movie it's right. a well, it's a blockbuster and it has like positive aspirations that you can look at but at the same time you can't think like this is the sole movie that i can use as a way to respond to the you know the evils of the world it's like it's not doing everything for you, and it can't teach you everything. It's, it can it can give you ideas to think about. But, but the thing is, like, it, it never set out to do any of those things. Like, this for the movie most never part, yeah. I mean, it's just saying, like, hey, I want to make a fun movie about a, a kill em, uh, It's basically, what was that movie that, I think, Aaron, you liked it better than I did, but all these people, all these killers that are in the room, Army Hammer's in it, and they, they oh, are... Oh, Free Fire. Love free, free Fire. fire. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. that movie, except it's just set with like oh republicans and democrats that's all yeah, that it, it replaces the 70s funk with actual politics <laughs> <laughs> yes um and they're both like on the same level it's like they're entertaining movies but they're not really saying anything it's just that they're they're fun um or something like the condemned which you know obviously has a lot yeah you know, that's one for those that you know sort of a, a small picture it's a Stephen austin action picture with a bunch of convicts flown to an island and forced to participate in a televised, you know, Hunger Games type thing. This yeah. is before the Hunger Games. Um, and while that film has quite a bit on its mind about reality TV and, you know, the, you know, turning, you know, murder into a blood sport, you know, and how wars become entertainment, it's still a grindhouse picture. And it's not intending to solve the problem that it presents. It's not intending to be the defining statement on the issues that it brings up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we've seen in the last three years, not to make everything about the election of 2016, but I think people are a lot more sensitive now just to, you know, negative content in movies because they're afraid that w- one of the things that the last election said was that everyone's watching movies in the worst possible way. That, you know, they, they, we've seen a lot more tisk tisk depiction equals endorsement thinking because that's how they fear everyone else is digesting this content. Um, took me a while to get over that too, to be honest. I know I've talked to Aaron about that once or twice. Um, honestly, it was Joker that kind of brought me out of that. You know, that was a film that was absolutely, you know, engineered to be misunderstood at a you know, it made a billion dollars worldwide, and nothing happened. Everybody <laughs> took it exactly how it was supposed to be taken, just as a movie. Yeah, Aaron and I have uh, had a lot of discussions about the Joker off air. Just yeah. a very empty movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Any? <But, laughs> some people it, it love to death, and good, good on you. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> including one of my one of very, very, my very good friends, and I'm always just like, dude, you got to see more movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's just it. You have a, a huge segment of the population that only sees these big event films. Yeah. So to them, you know, it, people that don't watch, you know, King of Comedy or 
observant report or even a taxi driver. To them, the Joker felt revolution, you know, revelatory. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Whatever. Um, and I think the dereliction of leadership in a political level, at least as emphasized by the current Republican Party, mm-hmm. has led people to seek that kind of morality and leadership in pop culture entertainment. And it was never intended to be there in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's not up to Black Panther to solve racism. You know, it's not up to get out to solve racism. It's not up to Wonder Woman to avenge the loss of Hillary Clinton. But, um, Scott, Rocky IV saw, ended the Cold War. Well, it, it, that's it, one it of the greatest musicals of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sequence of events, though, so, I mean, it does track. Yeah. Is sure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's historical fact now? Yes. Well, yeah. the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rocky IV. Rocky. Yes. Any other thoughts on The Hunt before we wrap up and move on? To be honest, I, I kind of want people to go see it just because it got a bum rap, but also movies are hard. And if they wanted to release, if they felt as though this was worthy of release, I mean, try and support it. Maybe you can go and check it out on, on VOD when it comes out. But it's pretty I mean, innocuous. And again, like you start rooting for Betty Gilpin pretty heavily. I mean, it's the second best Bloomhouse movie of the three that came out this year. So, I mean, it, it's it's working. It's got that working in its favor. <laughs> This fantasy, I no, never mind. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> when should I mean, Abe? I think you're saying, see, <laughs> when, when should people see this movie? <laughs> I mean, when you can see it and not die. Yeah, you you could. It's it's kind of like a dollar theater type movie because you have fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if you want to watch uh, on HBO, you can totally do that too. In a perfect world, I would say see it in theaters just on principle, for for many of the reasons that you said. Movies are hard. They got screwed twice in terms of their release date for no good reason whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, considering things being as they are, see it when it's safe to do so. Yes. Great, Let's great, great practical advice, Scott. Thank you. I'm going to also steal that. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Um, see it when it's safe. But, yeah, I think it's worth checking out because it's, it's a fun time at the movies, especially yes. if you have this kind of sensibility that leads towards like darker humor because i do like it it does so without being like objectionable because it's too ridiculous to be taken seriously so um all right well that's the hunt let's uh let's uh let's move on now let's get to abe what um what time is it yeah it's time for a quick game here Little known fact, that's actually the uh, ringtone of Hillary Swank's phone, but they never use it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She wanted to call it, but no, nah, no dice. Uh, I've got a game for you guys here. It's yeah. Box Office versus Hunt Edition. This is where I will name two movies, uh, and if you know which one made more at the box office, U.S. domestic, not adjusted for inflation, uh, buzz in with your name and tell me uh, which one you think made more money. All these involve the term hunt, hunting, Hunter, etc. You put me in a box office game against Scott Mendelson. Okay. Ex- that's, I was so excited. I was like, oh, Scott's coming? Now there's pressure. Alright, you guys understand? You, you know your shit. That's one of the reasons I hang out with you. Okay, yeah. yeah. Here we go. This. The Hunt for Red October or Snow White and the Huntsman? Alright, Scott? Scott? Oh, wait, shit. I think Domestic, I, not adjusted. Yes, I think Snow White and the Huntsman, not adjusted for inflation. That's correct. 
155 million to 120 million. I just uh, watched Red October not too long ago, too. Like, like literally two weeks ago. It's really fun. Still very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just rocks. <laughs> uh, the next one, great, great cover art. Um, the next one here uh, Mouse Hunt or The Bounty Hunter with Gerard Butler. Sharon. Aaron. I'm going. Hmm. I'm going to say Mouse Hunt. That is incorrect. Ah. Scott for the steal. No, well, I'm not going to be a dick. Of course, it's the other one. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, the Bounty Hunter. It is the Bounty Hunter. Sixty-seven million. Neck neck, Mouse Hunt is sixty-one million. Yeah, ah. I, I knew it. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another Gore Verbinski classic. It is. Uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters versus the Deer Hunter. Aaron. Aaron. Not adjusted. Not adjusted. <laughs> I'm still going to say the Deer Hunter. That is incorrect. Oh, my God. Uh, Scott, Hansel and Gretel Hunter. That's correct. $55 million to $50 million. Adjusted, though, that's a, like a killing for the Deer oh, yeah. Hunter. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. It's probably. Probably. It is. That's a it's huge like two, amount It's like of money. $200 million or something yeah, like that. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Next one here. Hunter Killer, also with Gerard Butler, yeah. uh, or Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Scott. Scott. Um, I'm going to go with Anaconda and The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. That is correct. Yeah. Because Hunter Killer. Yeah. Thirty-one point five million to fifteen point seven million. Yes. <laughs> uh, next one here. Hunt for the Wilder People or Manhunter? Aaron. Aaron. I'm saying Manhunter, but it was a bomb. That that is correct though. <laughs> yeah. Eight point six million to five point two million. <laughs> yeah. These are actually the competitions. These are tough. Good for the Hunt for the Wilder People, by the way. A movie yeah. that I super love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, here we go now. International stuff that's U.S. domestic box office. Headhunters versus The Hunt with uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Headhunters has um, um Game of Thrones guy. Scott. Scott. Oh, shit. I have to go with The Hunt because I don't think Headhunters came out in theaters. It Ooh, did. That is it, incorrect. It came uh, out in theaters. Yeah, Headhunters. Aaron's it's $1.2 million for Headhunters versus $613 million for The Hunt. I would have said The Hunt. Yeah, thousands. Yeah, thousands. I, I, I would have said The Hunt, too, if you didn't guess first, just because it got an Oscar nomination. So I thought by default that would give it, like, maybe the edge. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, Headhunters came out. Because uh, Mark Hoban, friend of the show, he's a huge fan of Headhunters. Yeah, he was he's recommending it to Aaron. Yeah. No, I saw it before him. I just didn't oh, like okay. it as much. <laughs> he, he loves that movie. Yeah, obviously they made the Harlan movie, right? No, uh, no, no. No, it, it's a, a different, a different dude. A diff, there's a different, it's a different headhunters. <laughs> oh, carry on. Yeah, it's uh, a, it's like a Dutch film, I believe, or like a. I will look this up later. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a neat little thriller. Yeah. Uh, the last one here, The Hunted, 1995, or The Hunted, 2003. <laughs> Hunted, 1995 has uh has Raiden himself and the Highlander. Oh. Uh, yeah, Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. And uh, The Hunted has Tommy Lee Jones. Isn't it just Hunted? It was just Hunted. I believe that they're, according to IMDb, they're both called The Hunted. Uh, Scott, I'm going to go with Tommy Lee Jones, Benicio Del Toro, vehicle, The Hunted. 
That is correct. It is the hunted. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty four million to six million. So yeah, no, the hunted rocks, by the way, that's a good that's a solid yeah. like killer like genre flick with Benicio del Toro killing it in there. It's a great trailer because it shows you how Tommy Lee Jones trained him how to use a knife. It's pretty great. Some brutal uh, fights. Like it's it's, it's good. a great rip off don't remake first first blood homage. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. The the other hunted on the other hand has one of the most absurd scenes of collateral damage I've ever seen in a movie, where a bunch of ninjas invade a train going trying to kill one person, and they decide to butcher everybody on the train just for shits and giggles. Classic a, a, an event that doesn't even make the news. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do they skip right over it in the movie? There's like, in today's news, how your tofu might kill you. <laughs> also, well, 300 was... people were killed today by ninjas. <laughs> Yes, I, back to right. you, Scott, for sports. Yeah. Just looking up The Hunted now and seeing who directed it, it's a guy named J.F. Lawson. Uh-huh. Before He made one other movie since then. It doesn't matter. He made one movie before this called Pizza Man. Who do you think stars in Pizza Man? Adam Sandler. I'll give you a hint. It yeah. is a comedian. He hosts a talk show. Jay Leto? Not... Oh, um, let me see. Um, what's it's his not, face? It's not one of the... It's not a it's not a network talk show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I know who it is. It's um, Bill Maher. It's Bill Maher. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was just like, it's probably some like off brand guy. <laughs> he's like the head of one. He, he's apparently he's, he's headlined one movie and it's called Pizza Man and the poster has him wearing a ridiculous hat and holding a gun. <laughs> now, which one do you think is better, Thirty Minutes or Less or Pizza Man? Ugh. <laughs> Pro- probably 30 minutes or less but i don't like that movie either. a movie people have totally forgot about starring doesn't aziz ansari and danny mcbride doesn't exist uh well scott you are the winner of that game five to two yes! and that was box office versus hunted edition hunt hunt edition hunt edition good, good game yeah <laughs> excuse me <laughs> thank you all right let's uh let's move on now let's get to some uh feedback Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash/podcast. We ask a number of questions to listeners, and uh, yeah, we got some, uh, some, uh, some uh, good responses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no questions. That's what I was trying to say. No questions this week, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, that's anyway. all right. Yeah. Uh, the first question is: What are your favorite controversial movies? Chris writes all of Lars von Trier movies. I don't think that there's been one that hasn't been caused controversy. Clockwork Orange, Peeping Tom, Mother, Cannibal Holocaust, Oh, and Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, are there any controversial movies that you guys uh, like, that you guys enjoy? I mean, lots. I'm trying to think of like what mm-hmm. my favorite. Observant Report. Observant Report? There Was it go. controversial? Uh, well, online. People... Not in the yeah. real world. It's going to be sought in the real world. That's very true. Uh, unfortunately, because it's a good movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's plenty of these. Like, me, uh, meaning of life. Why not? Or not meaning of life. Um, li- li- life of Brian, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say Moonlight because people were like, "What? That didn't deserve to win Best Picture over La La Land." <laughs> it's like after the fact controversy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even controversy. It's just like we read the wrong thing. It's not controversy. <laughs> uh, next question: Your favorite films about hunting where humans are the prey? <laughs> Rut row. Chris writes Battle Royale and Predator. Yeah. Those are great calls. Shalem writes Lone Survivor. Interesting. Oh, dear. Uh, Catherine writes Hung- The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with Battle Royale. Yeah. 
I mean, I'd also like to throw in Running Man. Is it the Running Man? The Running Man. Yeah, we have a we have a cutting we have a commentary on that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Battle Royale I saw in college and I had never seen it before, but I only heard about it. And I was still impressed by how effective it was. Like, I yeah. was just, it was movie. so like it is, and it was. So, they have a sequel. It was so strong and like in its conviction of what it was doing that I was so like impressed. And I didn't, I didn't know Takeshi Kitano was like one of the main stars of the movie either. So I'm like, what? He's the he's like the teacher. I am so like, because I was a huge Zatoichi fan, and like I've caught up, I've caught up on some of his other films at that point. And he's like, oh, he's coming out right, right now in this movie, like being. One of the main characters. I'm all about this. Yeah. Along with all the like insane violence with the the kids and the, the different extents that they go to. Was... Yeah. Do you guys see that one movie where they're locked down in their office and then like John C. McGinley is in it and they've oh, got to go kill everybody? Um, the Bell. Oh, the, the, the Belco Bell experiment. Belco yes. experiment. Yeah. Was that good? It's um, fine. good is a strong word. It's fine. But it's worth <laughs> seeing once. Yeah. Got it. All right. It's another like you know off-brand um, James Gunn movie because he like wrote it right. Or, like, BH Kill, which is you know, yeah, James yeah. Gunn. Yeah. But it, it, oh, like, same, with, same with like Brightburn, where it's like, well, I liked watching this, but I don't like, I don't need to do it again anytime soon. Like it's right. like it was, it was fine. Like it, it, it accomplished what it set out to do, and that's all I really have to say about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Great cast in that the Belco experience. Like everybody's in that. Movie. Everybody's Everybody in he, it. He's worked with, yeah. Well, the next question is: What are some great films you feel play against expectations in terms of story? Jim Deeds, friend of the show, writes Cabin in the Woods. Uh, are there any others that you guys can think of in terms of against your expectations? Looper comes to mind. Looper, because it, you know they really didn't hint at all at the the kid and how he would play to the story and the marketing. It was sold very much as a you know, in the future, the, you know, these assassins travel through time and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so really the entire second half of the film was a surprise if you had just mm-hmm. seen the previous. Yeah. And speaking of time travel, predestination. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of predestination. Um, yeah. I'm the one that like actively worked against what I was expecting it to do. And I'm having trouble thinking of that. Cabin in the Woods is a good one, mainly because I purposely avoided any marketing whatsoever because I was aware that it was doing something subversive. Mm-hmm. Um, so did I. Yeah. So like I didn't, I had no idea what it was going to be beyond knowing it's about a cabin in the woods and then something weird happens. And <laughs> mother, here we go. Mother. That's a film. I didn't know what with, was with exclamation mark. Yes. Mother. Okay, mother. Got it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, the next question is what are your favorite movie fights that take place in a home? Christopher has Mr. And Mrs. Smith, the born supremacy, Laura Croft, colon tomb Raider, Watchmen, The Accountant, Kill Bill Volume 1, and War of the Roses. Justin writes, Born, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, John Wick. Chris has John Wick, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and War of the Roses. A lot of, a lot of War of the Roses War and the Mr. and Mrs. Smith love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mr. and Mrs. Smith does have that great fight between them in the in their house, like, yeah. which is a lot of fun. Um, I'm happy John Wick came up because, yeah, he destroys he, a bunch of people. He blows his own house up. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite movie, Gross, Gross Point Blank, which can climaxes in a house. Yes. Um, yeah, the Bourne films obviously have a number of house play. Uh, and yeah, Kill Bill Volume 1 has the great opening fight with uh, Uma Thurman and uh, Vivica Day Fox. So, yeah, a lot of good fights there. I'm simply going to say what you all said. There you go. Uh, next question we have here. What's your favorite non-Fast and Furious Vin Diesel-led film? Christopher has Find Me Guilty, Triple X, Boiler Room, and The Pacifier. 
Yeah, Chris, pick one, dude. <laughs> Chris has Chris has pitch black all the way. Justin has pitch black, and John has Guardians of the Galaxy. Groot was the lead of that. Not quite, a, not quite a lead, but yeah, okay. Yeah. We are Groot after all. We. This is true. That was a very good tagline. I'm trying. Like, is there one that's better to me than pitch black? I'm trying to think. Like, what what else stands out for him leading a movie that's not yeah. Fast and Furious? Not a whole lot. I mean, they they mentioned the other uh, movie, which would be uh, the Pacifier, but it's certainly it's not, a movie. Yeah, <laughs> good. There is a duck in there. Um, my wife for some reason loves the Pacifier. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched it last week, and I'm still it's not good. <laughs> I mean, and I I it's just genuinely not a good movie. It's weirdly staged. Vin Diesel is incredibly uncomfortable interacting with the kids. He actually is is much more comfortable when he actually gets to talk to adults, whether it's you know Lauren Graham or uh, Mr. King of Queens who escapes uh, Brad. Uh, Brad Garrett. Thank you, Brad Garrett. Um, well, you got two deep voice guys right there, so I assume they're having <laughs> a ball. Um, and I love slight spoiler, I guess. At the end of the movie, when they go into the the dead husband's underground bunker, and it looks like something out of a Resident Evil movie. It's interesting. It's made out of diamonds, and there's like lasers, and there's traps out of the Last Crusade. It's like, who the hell built this thing? Yeah. Um, yeah and then like Sean Connery and like you know uh, Catherine Zeta Jones are all like you know diamond heisting it like with the lasers. That would have yeah. helped. Uh, no, <laughs> for me, say, I like Triple X Three. Return of Xander Cage. There you um, go. It's it's. Uh, I love the cast. I think it's fun. I think it's weirdly subversive in terms of its politics. Um, it looks nice. Um, and it gets the, you know it's yeah. Honestly, I like it more than maybe after Fast and Furious films. So just, it's it's the if looks of looks could kill a Fast and Furious films. I I just looked through all of his filmography and it's kind of embarrassing. Um, but <laughs> just looking at some of these Yikes. lead roles, it's like, oh my god, I really like Pitch Black. I do think it, it it's the. I mean, you talk about ripoff versus remake. It's a great ripoff of Alien. I mean, it it does yeah. the job, and I think David Tui's direction in that film has some really neat tricks. Like he's he's making he's using cinematography really interestingly because of the three suns that are present on the planet that they're on, and then the darkness takes over for the second half of the movie. I think it just really accomplishes what it sets out to do. And it gives Diesel a very good character to work with, because he is an anti-hero in that movie. I do like that a lot. Like, he plays a guy that does not care about anybody, and it's only in it for himself. And there's a neat arc that goes along with that. And I think it even subverts expectations as far as how certain characters end up in things. Yeah. Uh, so, we have a commentary on Pitch Black also. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, last question is, uh, what are some non-Marvel DC comic book superheroes you want to see on the big screen? Uh, Justin has Danger Mouse. Uh, Chris has, would love to see a good adaptation of, adaptation of Spawn. Uh, also, X from Dark Horse Comics. He's a pretty badass character. And this is in relation to Bloodshot the movie. I like how Spawn was in the news this week for the sake of it still hasn't come out is basically like the reason <laughs> it's like Todd you, you keep talking about this spot movie you're going to make and like is Jamie Foxx still involved and like what's going on he's like yeah I don't know, it's happening I just need it to be R-rated and make it the way I want to make it we're allowed to do that right first time directors we just get what we want with our superhero movies is that how it, that's how it happens <laughs> uh, Blue Mouse 
here's ten million dollars. Go make the movie and shut up. Yeah, what's what's wrong? What's good? So I, I'm very curious what the what the push and pull is right now going on the spot. But uh, <laughs> I, he's wait, he's waiting for visual effects to be really good. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> I know I know it's in various forms of production, but Invincible from Robert Kirkman, the other major comic book series he's worked on, I'm a huge fan of it, and I know. There's both like an Amazon series and a film that was in the hands of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg at some point. So like I have no idea what's going on with it, but I mean I'm I'm down to see Invincible come come to life. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detective Chip. <laughs> detective Chip. Yeah. I want my Detective Chip movie. Damn it. Yeah. Mike Finnegan. You know, I'm busy. I I know that you're not. I know that you're being serious, Scott. Uh, and the the seriousness that I want to give to you is Senator Max Freelance Police. I'm sorry? Sam and Max, Freelance Police. Oh, there you go. Sure. Sam and, Sam and Max. <laughs> yeah. Give me more of that. I mean, there was a comic, there was a cartoon, there's a video game. A lot of video yeah, games. Yeah, full-fledged movie. All right. That was feedback. <laughs> feedback, feedback. Feedback. You know, I've never seen Strays. Have you seen Vin Diesel's movie, Strays, that he directed? I have not. Is that about cats? I wish. No, it's like... It's like his swingers, basically. Like not exactly that story, but like that's the kind of thing. It's because that's he directed what that and Multifacial, which was a short, and that's what got Spielberg's attention to oh. get him into Saving Private Ryan. And I've never seen Strays. And I, then I, he, he pissed off Spielberg so much that Spielberg was like, "I'm gonna make you die in the first like ten minutes of the movie." Oh, he gave a great <laughs> performance and one of the best scenes of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, <laughs> give my letter to that, my dad. That piano chord is like one of the best things that happens yeah. in Saving Private Ryan. Um, I mean, by all accounts. Everyone likes Vin Diesel. Like, I wish his movies were better, but he seems like a very genuine yeah. person, no, I mean, except for The Rock. I think the, quote of, I think the <laughs> quote of this episode is Aaron saying, I just took a look at his IMDb, and oof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's get to some about now what presents what's out now. These movies that are coming out on 4K, Blu-ray, DVD, streaming, and all that. Uh, first up for home releases this week. Feel free to give a yay or nay to these as I go through them. Jumanji, colon, The Next Level. Yay! Hey, did you see the second Jumanji? I forget. No, I haven't. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to come up on VOD so I can rent it. Well, it, it should be out because it's on Blu-ray this week. Yeah, yeah. I think it's still in price to buy for the moment. I think so, too. Yeah, because oh. I've been looking for it. Hmm. Because I've got so much downtime. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Richard Jewell. Uh, yeah. I heard mixed and negative. It... I like the first 90 minutes when it's almost a black comedy. Uh-huh. And then it almost like Clint Eastwood realizes, oh crap, this is supposed to be an Oscar movie, and then gets really <laughs> sentimental and dramatic in the last forty minutes or so. Got it. Yeah. That said, Paul Walter Hauser, he's both a really cool guy in real life, and oh, also yeah. in the and the movie, uh, he he's very good in it. So no, everyone. I mean, you know, again. Yeah, no one. I mean, well, you, I think you you and I, I differ. Olivia Wilde is having a blast. <laughs> is it a good performance? Eh, I'm not sure, but it's fun. I think I don't think it's a good performance whatsoever. Um, uh, Terrence Malick's A Hidden Life, which I think is excellent. I, I think also a terrific like, black comedy. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> super, <laughs> the laughs never stop, especially towards the end. Uh, but, that's a uh, that's on the box. Uh, that's a box quote from Scott Mendelson. The laughs. No, I I I really liked A Hidden Life. I wish it had more attention last year. Not that like. You know, it's it's not like there wasn't enough great movies coming out, but I mean, it really got overshadowed by just 
by circumstance of there being too many good movies last year, but um, it, it's really good. If you're a Terrence Malick fan, especially one that even if you've been turned off by like his last few movies that have been more not necessarily out there, but just kind of more experimental, this one feels more in line with some of his earlier work um, to the degree that I just think it just knocks it out as far as what it's trying to do. Um, let's see. Uh, Black Christmas. Eh, worth a watch. Okay. I like oh. the trailer, but I, I didn't see it, and I've never seen the original. Oh, see the original. Okay, see the original. It's, it's, it. it's great. Um, this is the second remake, which Correct. I get... By default, it's supposed to be better than the first remake, so it has that going for it. <laughs> um, I, yeah. it, it's, it is good. It is appropriately angry. Again, it's, it's you know example. It's very much a movie that's about something without necessarily being the defining word about a subject matter. It's very much about quote unquote rape culture, um, and because of that, I think it was obviously it was pillared online by incels that hadn't even seen the movie. But it was also held to this weird standard of whether you know it did, doesn't do enough or it you know it's problematic in this way or that way. It's like it's just again it's just a movie. It's good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ends very well, but that's a spoiler. All right. Yeah. Uh, Superman Red Sun, a new animated film from uh, DC's animated series. I've not seen that yet. Uh, one of the better Elseworlds in recent years. Yeah, it's I, a good I, comic for sure. I'm a fan of the comic. Uh, um, I hope they keep the ending because the ending really moved me. Ooh. Yeah, I want to check it out too. And I want to just reread Superman Red Sun because I really like that. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not the biggest Superman fan. So when you get me a story that's as intriguing as that one, like I was all about it. Yeah. Um, I've heard good things from uh, some friends of the show, Jim Dietz, friend of the show, who you know is a uh, voracious comic book reader, as well as a good. He has a lot of good opinions about these various DC animated films. So I, uh, yeah, I want to check it out at some point. Um, let's see. I mentioned Bamboozled's coming out on Criterion this week. Right. Uh, there's a new release of The Nines from Mill Creek on Blu-ray this week. The Nines with Ryan Reynolds. Very, the very same. Wow. Okay. That was a that's a that's a very interesting movie. You should check it out. Wait, is that the serial killer one? No. no, it's it's the one where everyone is sort of like it's like oh, vignettes oh, the about the TV one. Yes. Yeah. TV. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Nicholas McCarthy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And also, if I, uh, who else is in there? Um, <sighs> Sp- oh, Octavia Spencer. Octavia. Yeah. Okay, there you go. As well as like I forget the the other woman that's in there that's also very famous too, but yeah. Anyway, what's the serial killer one you're talking about? Oh, that is a good question. Ryan Reynolds. Let me look up the cast. Hope Ryan Davis Reynolds. is the other one in the, Hope in the Davis. Kind of Kendrick, isn't it? Ryan Reynolds and and Anna Kendrick. The voices. Uh, the voices. Oh, yeah. that's the one where he like that, that yeah. There's animals, there's animals. Yeah. It's yeah. a. Yeah. It's not a very good movie. But it does contain a, an orange cat who speaks in a British accent that tells him to kill people. So it's automatically the best movie of the year. <laughs> it's better than the other serial killer movie, Nine, with Daniel Day-Lewis. That movie. Uh... DDL? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, also, Crashing, season three. The uh, the final season. The, the Yeah, the final season. The Peter yeah. Holmes film that's, uh, that's out now as well for uh, yeah. fans of that series. Um, all right. Uh, on streaming this week, a few things on Netflix. Uh, we have Elite Season 3, for fans of that show. Uh, Kingdom Season 2. That's like the period Asian series where there's zombies also, which like sounds neat to me. And it's on two seasons now, so I'm like really behind and I'll probably never get to Kingdom? it. Kingdom? Yeah, Kingdom. Yeah. 
and um, uh, something called go-karts, exclamation point, which I have no idea what it is, although I have a sneaking suspicion it involves go-karts, and I just wanted to write it down because I saw it was out. And I was like, that's fun. Something called go-karts exists. Um, on Prime this week, uh, Kidding, the Jim Carrey series that was on Showtime, that is on until the end of this month. And I wanted to mention it because, for one thing, I hadn't seen it until now, and I've watched it, and it's very good. But also, you only have a month. You only have like half a month left to watch it. So check it out if you can, if you don't have Showtime. That's a very fascinating thing that Amazon Prime is sort of doing, too. They're just like, uh, remember how when they had The Tick, and then they also had a a few other shows? And like, if you watch more of these, we'll we'll make it into production. Um, Well, they stopped doing that now. Yeah. yeah. Because they had like the the JVDC thing. Yeah, but Kidding's just like, that's a Showtime show that they're just like giving you a chance to watch it on Prime so you can ideally sign up. Uh, Ah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's up there. Also, Agatha Christie's The Pale Horse, season one. I guess there's multiple. I feel like an Agatha Christie has a kind of definitive ending, but I guess there's a whole season of this. It took a while to solve that and catch that killer. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) All right. That's uh, out now. What's out now? Uh, next week's show next week is our 400th episode we'll be talking about our favorite films of the decade if you have favorite films of the decade of last decade feel free to uh you know send them in on our facebook or email or what have you which we'll get we to love sending a big balloon adventure yeah that's number 10 yeah. on everybody's list by yeah. default yeah. um last thing we do here what should people go and see now <laughs> <laughs> and what do you plan to see next? <laughs> scott what should if people go to the theaters what would they what should they be seeing right now well for the record i'm team self-isolation or whatever you want to call it but if in some theoretical world you can get to a movie theater without endangering yourself or others um the invisible man is awesome um birds of prey is damn good see it while you can you're gonna kick yourself for missing it when you watch it on dvd in a couple months um the hunt is fine god knows it deserves a pity ticket or two um off the top of my head i think that's it um, Sonic is fine. Uh, Jumanji is on DVD or, or you know, priced to buy already. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you going? I guess we're not seeing any. What are you going to watch next? Do you think? What's the next movie you think you're going to watch? Um, I want to watch the Anne Hathaway Netflix film that I know it's supposed to be terrible, but I like everybody in it. Oh, it's I think Aaron saw it. Yeah. It's awful. So is it? <laughs> Is yeah, it also, like text yeah. while watching it bad, or is it worse than that? You could, I mean, you could go to that extent, especially since there's not too many options for you right now. So. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I might catch up on Kidding, because I, I did, I watched the pilot because it was free, it was on YouTube, but I don't subscribe to Showtime, so I sort of forgot about it. And I, I obviously, I love Jim Carrey. Um, yes. It's like, it's it's really good and also like the worst thing to watch after the back to back years of Won't You Be My Neighbor and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, as you know, my biggest issue with with Won't You Be My Neighbor is I thought it was too optimistic. Well, this uh, is the the dire. Well, you've seen yeah. you've seen the pilot, so you know oh, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. dire opposite of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but... All right, Abe, what should people see in theaters if they go? Uh, tagging on Scott's advice, if you can, if it's safe and you have some time to go see a movie in theaters, uh, feel free to check out Onward as well. Uh, and Scott has named a, a number of very good movies to, to also right. see. Um, as far as like what I'm going to see next, probably 21 Bridges. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, uh, probably, probably going to see it on, on, I'm going to, I'm going to do a 21 Bridges 
and also Den of Thieves, like back to back, probably fairly coming up fairly soon. That's I mean, Scott and I will sign off on 21 Bridges. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it. Den of Thieves. One of these uh, movies is in 135 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> one of them is also gonna gonna get a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I did I did hate Den of Thieves. Uh, yeah, it's just it's so much. <laughs> it's better than than Triple Nine or whatever. Triple Nine, yeah, 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 with yeah. Anthony Mackie and um, yes, great cast, uh, but not a good movie. Casey Affleck, yeah. It's it's better than a lot of Gerard Butler's movies. <laughs> Is that Gods of Egypt slander I detect? I was trying to not mention Gods of Egypt. Well, <laughs> the show Brenton Thwaites? I mean, my my biggest issue with Gods of Egypt is that it's too long. It's too like, awesome. If you, if you cut that movie by like 20 minutes, I'm all in. Like, because you're giving me a movie that has Jeffrey Wright, Jeff, sorry, Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright, Jeffrey Rush as Ra fighting off a demon that's attacking the Earth. So I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so much like you know white guy trying to get his girl back drama that I just like okay come on let's 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 get back to the 12 foot gods that are walking around in this movie. What I love best about this movie, and there's a lot to love because it's awesome, is after all the hubbub about, you know, a bunch of white guys, you know, whitewashing, blah, 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 Chadwick Bosman was the only minority in the film, and he looks so unhappy to be there that it's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his distaste is – he doesn't remotely try to hide disgust at being there. And it just – um... <laughs> I, I I so hate that in 20 years there's gonna be like droves of people that go to see it at like midnight screenings for Gods of Egypt. <laughs> I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be here being like I was there at ground 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 zero of this movie and I hated it then. <laughs> I didn't even hate it. I just like <laughs> this is gonna be some cult property that I just don't understand. It's gonna be Hook yeah. for millennials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. See the Invisible Man. <laughs> See, see, see first cow if you can. First oh, yeah. cow, a time when the world was, you know, not plagued by disease. <laughs> and um, and the way back is like, you know, quite good oh, yeah. too if you want to oh, yeah. you know, see a drama that you don't get to really see in theaters very often. Um, so yeah, those are out there. What what am I gonna watch next? I have screeners for I have a screener for The Climb, which is supposed to be really good. It was mm-hmm. a little indie movie, um, as well as one for a movie that John Leguizamo directed, his like debut film. That was supposed to be at South by Southwest, which was since canceled. So like, what's it called? I'm trying to remember right now because I haven't. Oh, I was, um, like, I was like, are you teasing? Or? I, I'm teasing, all right. Uh, Critical Thinking is the name okay. of the movie. So hopefully I'll talk about it next week. But I am looking forward to watching it because I like John Leguizamo. So. Cool. Johnny Legs. Johnny all right. Legs. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeseek.com. Everything I end up do ends up over there. I'm also writing at League of Entertainment and Why So Blue. I'll have I'll have my review of Bamboozled on Criterion up there this week. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, I'm pretty sure the grilled cheese would have burned. Scott Mendelson, where can people find more of you online? Uh, Forbes, the ticket booth. Google, you know, use the Google. You know, Scott <laughs> Mendelson, Forbes, the ticket booth. Uh, I'm at Twitter at, a, at Scott Mendelson. Uh, I do have a general Facebook page. That's mostly for links to my articles and, and pictures of my kids. So if you want my uh, actual ramblings, Twitter is probably the place to go. Great. And yeah. All right. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now with name on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. HHWLOD, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. 
feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Or write on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And get all the various updates that I can put up on Instagram at instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. Thank you, Scott, for joining us this evening. Thank you, Scott. Happy to help out. For sure. Glad to have you here. Uh, We look forward to our 400th episode next week, which I think should be a lot of fun. But until then, so long. And goodbye. Yeah.